Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys, welcome back to the Cooking and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me today, I have my new friend, Lucy. Lucy, welcome back. Welcome to the Equipping and Grace podcast, I should say. <laughs> yeah, well, well, thank you. It's it's nice to be here and talking about panic attacks and how to help people overcome them God's way. So it's, you know, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, thank you for your great work. Uh, I'm going to be a fellow author in this series, so it's always good to talk to you. Mm-hmm. You know, another author. I'm writing on contentment. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a good that's topic. A yeah, it's a good one. Uh, well, can you uh, tell us about your life, marriage, ministry, and uh, any ministry products that you're working on? Sure. Well, I live in northern Alabama, about 10 minutes south of the Tennessee border. If I drive an hour and a half north, I am in Nashville, and everybody's got to go visit Nashville sometime. I've been married for, oh, let's see, about 37 years. I have three adult children, two grandkids, um, perfect grandkids, of course. (laughs) And I've been a biblical counselor since 2008. And I've finished a program from Western Seminary in pastoral care to women. And then I got my doctorate in biblical counseling from Birmingham Theological Seminary, you know, uh, training under uh, Howard Eirich. You know, he's on the ACBC. He's one of the fellows there. Um, And so that's, um, that's a little bit of, you know, just my background when it comes to education. But probably I would have to say, right when I was finishing my program at Western and pastoral care to women, I kind of tripped over. I didn't even, I can't remember for the life of me how I did a Jay Adams book. And I read competent to counsel. And I'm like, wait, this is what I've been wanting to, you know, hear for the longest time. And it just really resonated with me. And that's how I got involved in biblical counseling center. And I got, I've been certified by, um, ABC and also ACBC. But more important than that, obviously, is the different people I've been able to reach, primarily women, but also couples Hmm. through online video counseling. I started that in 08, way before, you know, the we've had the shutdowns, you know, back in 2020 and even even this year in certain places in 2021 and hopefully not in 2022. But um uh, yeah, I've been counseling online. I've been able to counsel in six out of seven continents. I'm wow. missing one of them. Bet you guys can't. Well, you probably could guess which one it is. It's it's the one way down where it's super cold where the penguins hang out. So I'm missing uh, okay. Antarctica. <laughs> so wow. Do I they even have the, an internet in, in Antarctica? Who knows? Yes. Yes, they do. Um, there's, a, there's a, yes, there's a huge science. Um, uh, there's a big lab down there with a whole bunch of scientists and so obviously anybody who's in darkness for like six months out of the year needs counseling (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true yeah that or how much cold you can't get out very much so 
Yeah, they need lots yeah. of help. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. So if anybody, if anybody you know or anybody listening to this knows somebody in Antarctica or maybe you yourself are in the Antarctic and you need counseling, hit me up. And we could work, <laughs> work that out. So, then, so only in English, only, only in English. I do not counsel in any other language. Yeah. <laughs> I know the tiniest a bit of Spanish just to say, you know, hold a teeny tiny conversation, but not a counseling conversation. Yeah. So I've been, um, uh, like I said, counseling since 08 online, also in person, but nowadays primarily online. It's really been a joy to help people all over the world. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, can you tell us about this mini book that you've written? Um, I know it's part of the Lifeline series, Help I Get Panic Texts. Uh, why'd you write it? How do you hope it'll be received or is being received? It's been received very well. Um, why did I write it? Uh, so Help I Get Panic Attacks, the editor for the series, he contacted me and I already knew of him, had met him. And he asked me, is there anything that you'd like to write about? And this is the subject I picked. Hmm. Part of the reason why I picked this subject is because I myself have had panic attacks and I write about it in the, in the mini book. That's one of the things that people like about the mini book. Not the only thing, but one of the things is because the person, it's like, I get it. Like I've been there. I've, you know, I've had panic attacks. Thankfully, you know, with God's help, I've also overcome them for the most part. When I say for the most part is, yeah, like I have had setbacks, but I know what to do to get back on track, you know, through God's word. And also through something I call micro actions too. I, I do it very specifically when I, when I work with people with panic attacks. So why did I write it? It's because it's a, it's, it's a, it's a problem for a lot of people and it's increasing. And I would have to say with, especially with all these various shutdowns and just other kind of unrest that we have in the world, whatever that may be, plus unrest in the families, just generally, it just seems to be increasing. This is, you know, you can look in the Bible, you see like, it's not surprising it is increasing this greater despair, greater anxiety. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, until, you know, Jesus returns or until we go home, you know, we got to deal with it in our here and now. And so I've had an opportunity to talk with a lot of people who have had panic attacks of many, many different kinds. And like I said, I get it. I've been there. And so I, I help people and they, they're not, uh, I don't shame them, judge them. It's not like that. Sometimes it depends on a person's family or even their church experiences. They might actually run into a lot of misunderstanding or or judgment. Like, what do you mean? You have panic attacks and you're a Christian? Like, wait, that doesn't make sense. But it does make sense. You know, Jesus says, in this world, you will have tribulation. Take heart. I have overcome the world. We're going to run in all sorts of different types of tribulations, all sorts of different problems. So. Yeah. You know, what you're what you're saying is so important because you know, it's like you've been there, you said that a couple of times, you've been there and done that. And that just means that you understand what what somebody is going through. It's not like, hey, you know, I know everything about it. It's mm. I've been there, I've walked in the I walked a mile, you know, in this. And I think that's right. uh it's really important. You definitely get the sense of that in the in the mini book. And I, I mm. think that's really I think that's really, really important because it's also a comfort. It's a source of comfort for people. Hey, this person gone has gone through this, but yes, they're helping you with the, the scriptures, but they've also walked a mile. Uh, so it's not just like theoretical, it's actual lived experience, you know. So. Right. I tell, I tell the story in the beginning before I get into some of the other 
parts of, you know, panic attacks, like what is a panic attack and, and so on, um, is, you know, I described my, you know, like when I was driving home one day from work, I had had a, a I'll just call it a misunderstanding at work uh, with my supervisor uh, while I was driving on the expressway, you know, at that time I was in the Chicago area from Chicago toward my, toward the suburbs. And so I was on the expressway. I was thinking about that while I'm driving home and then where the highway splits, you know, to the right, to the left, um, all of a sudden out of nowhere, it seems, it seems like panic attacks actually don't come out of nowhere. It seems to a lot of people like they do, but they don't. I was thinking about that. And then I started noticing primarily the very first physiological response I had to my anxious thinking, my deep worry, because that's what anxious thinking is. You know, I was thinking about what had happened in the office. My heart started to beat really fast and I started to perspire. I'm death gripping the steering wheel. I started noticing just overall, like a little bit, a sense of weakness. I'm, you know, I'm driving at like, I don't know how fast I was driving, 60, 70 miles per hour. I'm noticing all this going on and I'm starting to feel like a little lightheaded and I'm starting to feel like almost like my, my toes and fingers starting to feel like a little numb, you know? And, uh, and I remember thinking as I was, you know, then getting to my exit and then doing like the spaghetti bowl off the exit, I remember thinking to myself, you know, you know, drive into the ditch, drive into the ditch. And I'm thinking, while I'm, while I'm driving, um, I'm thinking like, what are you, you know, like, what's wrong with you, Lucy? What are you suicidal or something like that? Because, you know, basically I'm saying drive into the ditch, but I wasn't, I wanted to get out of the panic attack. Panic attacks are frightening. They're terrifying. And so I wanted out of that. Thankfully, you know, I got off the, the ramp and I made it home and my, heart started, you know, slowing down and all that. Um, that didn't make it any easier. I, I knew intuitively, when I say intuitively, I had, I had witnessed my mother, like growing up as a little girl, I had witnessed my mother having had panic attacks. So I knew what it was. I didn't have to, someone else who may, the same thing may have happened to them, like with the heart beating really fast and then maybe feeling lightheaded. They may have thought, Ooh, I should pull over and call, you know, 911. I should, I should do that. I didn't do that because I, I knew um, what it was. And so when I got home, my husband and I talked and yeah. And, but that, that's how, you know, that was my monster panic attack that then started multiplying to <laughs> more monster panic attacks. And so I was so thankful you know, from God's word to begin to understand how to get out of it. But it's not one of those things you just flip a light switch like, oh, yeah, that was so easy. Do these three easy things. And wow, it's not like that. It's not like that at all. Anybody who's had a panic attack knows that. Mm. So, yeah. 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 What are some things that help you to you know, know when you're having a panic attack, how do you, how do you come out of that? Uh, well, for people who have had them, one of the things that's very helpful to understand is that at the heart of panic attacks is anxious thinking, or if you want to call it runaway worry, it's like our thoughts, like just go crazy, you know, um, especially all the what ifs, you know, what if this happens? What if this other thing happens? But what's concurrent with the the thinking the anxious thinking are those physiological response responses of the body keep in mind that our our autonomic nervous system 
which includes both the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system, they respond to what we are thinking, um, even in a, a blink of the eye. Say, say you're walking along and you saw a snake. Well, immediately you're going to go danger. And then your, your body responds very quickly to that. We don't have conscious effort over our autonomic nervous system. Um, we, don't, we don't have that. So in, in counseling, then one thing is first you start recognizing what are my primary ways of responding. Like for me, it's it's the increased heart rate. For someone else, they might noticing where it's the sensation of their throat closing. For someone else, they might feel dizzy. For someone else, it's something different than that. But you have a you have a physiological response, but to what I'm thinking. So then you start asking yourself questions along the lines, okay, what am I thinking? You know, like, what is my anxious thinking? And you begin to identify that. And it, lots of times we're, if someone's had panic attacks for a long time, they might not even know, you know, what they're thinking, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's taking captive, yeah. you know, our thoughts to the obedience of Christ. But it's, it takes, I want to say effort, but I don't mean like people who have had panic attacks, they're more than willing to engage in learning this, you know, how to do this, you know, identifying the anxious thinking, rejecting the anxious thinking, and then replacing the anxious, anxious thinking. And people are more than willing to do this because, you know, people, nobody wants panic attacks. It's the last thing that you want. Nobody wants these things. Yeah. I, I, I struggle with these. And then I realize it often for me is, is often feeling overwhelmed as the start of it. And then I know when I start feeling overwhelmed, then I'm probably going to start feeling anxious. And then when right. I start feeling anxious, then I know, well, I'm already, I've already, when I'm starting to feel overwhelmed, that's, that's like the first warning sign for me. And mm-hmm. then, then I'll get, go down. Then, then sometimes I can stop myself and just take a break. Mm-hmm. Realize, remind myself one thing at a time, not mm-hmm. everything at once, you know, just really basic things. But sometimes I go down there and then it takes me a little while to come back. I have to re- recognize, okay, so what's happening? Then I have to evaluate what, what got me to this point. Right. You know, and that, that can take a little bit of time to, you know, kind of to figure it out. And then you're like, okay, so this is what I have to work on so that I don't go back there. These are just some things that I have to put into place so that I, I don't allow myself. Right. Right. So Yeah. Just real quick, like according to the DSM, yeah, that's like the, you want to call it the, it's the book, you know, I don't know how many pages. It's like a few thousand pages long now, I think, if you go to the, the actual you know, book itself, the DSM-5. In order for like a, this extreme fear experience to fit the definition of a panic attack Mm -hmm. if everybody's on the same page according to dsm-5 which is again it's a secular uh book although it is it does a good job of explaining you know it it doesn't really prescribe anything but it explains what's going on four or more of these physiological symptoms happening concurrently then then that fits the definition of a panic attack so if somebody's just like a little nervous or they know they're they have they feel kind of jittery and their heart is beating fast, that wouldn't fit the de- definition of a panic attack. Mm-hmm. So like if somebody goes to their doctor or they want to say I had a panic attack, then the doctor or other healthcare professional might ask questions and then but for it officially, according to the DSM five, it's 
four or more concurrently. Well, what, what if you have three? What's that? Well, you're just super nervous. <laughs> so you are. <laughs> but it doesn't mean it doesn't officially hit the definition of a panic attack. Right. That's good. So what are, what are three truths that have really helped you with, with you know, navigate? Yeah. Well, um, uh, one, one is to remember that, you know, like God is with you. That that's, that's foundational is that, that God is with you. He will not leave you. So that, that's, that's one truth. That's, that's very helpful. Um, another, another truth is God gives us hope. You know, he's not going to just leave us in the dark, you know, just trying to figure this all out on ourselves. So, so God is um, giving us hope. Um, he's, he's with us. Also, we're not the only ones who are struggling. Like we talked about earlier, there's lots of people with all sorts of different sorts of um, panic attacks. Last time I looked up the number, you know, 40 million people in the United States, you know, 40 million adults ages 18 and older. It's happening more and more among younger people. Mm. I counsel younger people who have panic attacks. Why do you think that Um, is? Oh, sorry. Younger people? Yeah, in particular. Just anxiety. I mean, I think just more and more people becoming anxious. And so for some people with anxiety, it manifests as panic attacks. And there's lots of reasons for that. Um, One of them is if you grew up in an anxious home, you're more likely than to get panic attacks, you know, Mm. according to the people who research these things. It doesn't mean that you will, you're just more likely to. Mm. Um, And if some of us are just from the beginning, we're just kind of like a more anxious kind of kid. You know, like if you asked your mom or your dad, like, was yeah. I the kind of kid who was more anxious as when I was like super little? Or was I that kind of kid who was super assertive and out, out there to, you know, go grab the brass ring? You know, what kind of kid was I? And some people just aren't, you know, like, seems like from the beginning, they're just timid. Yeah. And so there's a couple, couple reasons why. I just think, you know, more and more I would also throw in there the obvious would be social media ever since the Mm. iPhone came out, you know, like around 07, 08, the iPhone came out, you know, the teenagers and the preteens have grown up with this and there's so much bullying going on and things like bullying, other things as well as that people are having, like, we're not meant to be omniscient, you know, only God is omniscient, Mm. but then you could, you could see things happening all over the all over the world. It's much, much more than that. But I think that's another big thing. And we're not, we haven't even gotten to the breakdown of family, but it's like, yeah. like fatherlessness, but yeah, there's, there's a whole, whole bunch of reasons, but yeah, younger yeah, and younger. Yeah. What you're saying is so important is, is it's not just like a one size fits all solution. It's everything. It's social media. It's our news. It's the way the news is presented and even pushed out to us. It's, you know, how we train our ch- child, their background, the home that they make up. I mean, people are complex and issues are complex. So, I mean, I think that's, that, that's a significant um, point that, that, you know, especially as you counsel people, you have to take into factor. It's like, Hey, I, I have a solution for you. Well, that, <laughs> you have a, you mean, you mean, what you mean is that you have a bandaid for my issue and yeah solution you know it's because a solution that involves like the whole person a band-aid is just like hey let me uh let me stop the water from or whatever you know coming out coming out you know the issue or whatever it is and let me slap a band-aid on there to stop the leak you know kind of situation yeah one thing to one thing to remember too 
I mean, I think we all know this. Well, okay, maybe we don't. Is <laughs> the panic attack sufferer would know this, not necessarily the, the people around him or her. And that is, they'll agree it's irrational. Like they'll say, well, you know, you know, you know, like say somebody has panic attacks related to flying, you know, even if they are picking up a loved one from an airport, you know, they start getting super nervous. They might even get panicky. They might actually have a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then someone could say to them, like their husband or wife, or they could say, well, you do know that flying is the you know, safest form of travel. Like, yeah, I know that, but I still have panic attacks. So people around might think, might try to say, you do realize it's irrational. The panic attack sufferer will say, yes, I recognize that this fear, that this is irrational, that driving more than uh, a mile from my house, if I stay within this nice little concentric circle of a mile, I'm safe. Outside a mile, I'm not safe, would be another example of a type of type of panic attack. It's um, kind of sort of agoraphobia where people give themselves limits on how far they'll go from home. Some people will not leave their home. I mean, it can get that small, but they're like, yeah, it's totally irrational. So it's not, it's not like you talk to them like, well, you do know it's irrational. They'll like say, yeah. So it doesn't solve their problem at all. So we, right. we have to go a different direction then. Right. 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 Miss spell that out. You want to spell that out? What direction we should go? Well, um, let's just say, you know, so we're going to be talking, you know, we're going to say that, you know, for the sake of argument here, the person with the panic attacks is a Christian and is open to hearing um, biblical counsel. Mm-hmm. So, so we're not going to try to go down the secular path here. Uh, one would be to have someone who will listen. So, you know, you're, you're suffering, you recognize you're suffering, you need someone to listen. Obviously, if someone's actually thinking they're having a heart attack, because you can even have, um, one of the physiological symptoms can actually be chest pain or the feeling of pressure on the chest. So again, it's such an obvious statement here. If you think you're having a heart attack, I mean, go call up your doctor, go to the ER, whatever you need to do. Um, right. Usually in those cases, um, the person, it seems like more often than not, it's related to anxiety and they, mm-hmm. they run the EKGs and whatever other tests they have, they realize they're, it's those, they might say, oh, it's stress. It's like, yeah, it's stress. And then they might say, you know, follow up with your primary care. So I want to make sure to say that part, you know, by all means, you know, go see a doctor. But in counseling then, um, after, you know, understanding the person, you know, hearing their story, you know, I, I will, you know, any biblical counselor will start picking up this anxious thinking, this what if thinking. Anxiety is is a state of uncertainty. And when we have panic attacks, what we want is control. We're, mm. we're desiring control. And we're also desiring like comfort and peace. Those are the things we're desiring. Mm. So to begin to, I guess, take a step forward toward a biblical solution would then be, in addition to that understanding, would, would be to use God's word to be tr- entrusting ourselves to God, you know, looking at scripture and entrusting mm-hmm. ourselves to God while also taking little steps of action. I call them micro actions, little steps forward, because what the panic attack sufferer wants to do almost always is to avoid. Mm-hmm. They want to avoid it. So avoid the highway, avoid the airplane, avoid going further than a mile from my house or whatever it is for that person. Just mm-hmm. avoid it, avoid the grocery store. But that's the anxiety cycle. It just, for, for a moment, 
when you avoid, like say you avoid the the grocery store, it's like, oh yeah, I need to go to the grocery store, but I'm not going to go today because perhaps that's where you have panic attacks is when you're there at the store or you're waiting in line to check out. Mm-hmm. Well, for a moment, you'll have relief. It's like, yes, okay, I'm not going to go to the store. You'll have this momentary relief. And then, but it, but the anxiety is still going to build because you didn't face it. You didn't mm-hmm. face it. But usually, when I work with people, we'll we'll come up with plans. We'll come up with you know you know micro action panic attack plans. You know we do that. So how then, while trusting God, like loving God, loving others. You know while we love God, love others, we go ahead and do the hard thing, but do it in increments. Mm-hmm. Do it in small increments, but not be relying on the plan as like the salvation, like it's not the the micro action action plan that's going to save us. That's not, it's how we're re-engaging the battle. It's how we're engaging the battle while we're still feeling anxious. And so then that's where people, as they are not trusting themselves, they're not leaning on their own understanding. On their own understanding, they'd avoid the the shopping center altogether or the grocery store altogether or the highway altogether. They would do that in order to have the relief. But it's not just that. That's just one aspect of it is like places. For some people, panic attacks could look like social situations, even church, because like church, you're around people, you're in a social situation. So some people will avoid things like that because they'll feel uncomfortable. So it might not be like grocery shopping or highways or elevators or you name it, all the different phobias there they, there could be that are then could be paired up with panic attacks they might be avoiding social situations and i always call it like the, the mother of all fears is the fear of fear and usually by the time somebody starts counseling with me that's where they're at they're at the fear of fear mm. the fear of having another panic attack because the panic attack itself is now what frightens them mm. wow what are what are some advice you know you're a biblical counselor and um, what, what are what are some advice for biblical counselors, you know, counseling, you know, people that are facing anxiety and panic attacks that, that you would offer? Well, there's there's a few things, obviously. One would be for sure. And I would imagine most panic, um, most um, biblical counselors are already doing this is become very familiar with passages in the Bible that speak to anxiety. Like like one of them. And I wrote it down uh, is, you know. Psalm 31, 13, it says, For I have heard the slander of many, terror is on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they schemed to take over my life. So that that's one, is this whole idea of becoming aware that in the Bible, you won't hear the term panic attack, but you will hear the term terror. That's what's going on is this extreme fear, not just jittery nerves, like we talked about a moment ago, where feel like a little anxious, but mm-hmm. those, you know, four or more, I've had someone, I've had people like come up with like a dozen things or more are happening to them concurrently, all these different things. Again, it's not that the, the body is wrong. It's the person is facing a perceived danger, but it's not real danger. Sometimes I like to compare it to burnt toast and a house on fire. When you have a fire alarm, the fire alarm does not distinguish between burnt toast, which is really not a danger at all, mm-hmm. and a house fire, which truly is. So the alarm goes off, and that's what happens with with um, with panic attacks. An alarm is going off. The body is responding you know, with increased heart rate, you know, 
dilated pupils, you know, the bodies, um, you know, perspiring, all in order to either fight or flight, either to flee the situation or to fight. So that's part of the autonomic nervous system, like I mentioned. And that's another thing that a, a biblical counselor could be aware of. In addition to scripture verses that speak to anxious thinking, also become aware of this, um, what's going on with the person, help them to learn what to say to themselves. Mm. Instead of saying like, oh no, oh no, oh no, you know, this is the worst thing, you know, like this is horrible. I'm not saying it's good and fine because if when you're feeling that kind of panicking of course it feels bad of course but um instead start saying to yourself things along the lines of you know this is discomfort it is not danger god is with me i am safe now that kind of statement is in accordance with you know philippians 4 8 that says you know whatever's true think about these things so the person instead of like instead of like Believing your own self-talk of like you're you're in grave danger when you start having these different physiological responses. Instead, start speaking God's word to your to your heart. Mm-hmm. And as you do that, you know, and as the biblical counselor you know teaches the person to do that, that then is you know part of the ways they they get out of this. So, a long answer to your question, and I don't even think I exactly answered it 100%. I think I think you did because what you're what you're what you're talking about is something I talk about with people a lot is you got to retrain you got to retrain your mind and what that well you got to retrain your heart and the way you know your mind thinks with with the word of God and and how you talk to yourself is so so important um in that it's like I struggle with anxiety. I don't know that I struggle with really I have had a panic attack but I I struggle more with anxiety. And I have to go back and I have to talk to myself. It's it's a lot about preaching the gospel, we would say, to ourselves, right? Uh, you're either preaching the gospel or you're preaching some gospel to yourself. You know, that, yeah. But there's only one gospel, and it all comes from Scripture. And so you right. have to be preaching the, the Scripture to your life. And what that what that does is that it, Romans 12, 1 uh, through 2 mm-hmm. tells us, right? It renews our mind. And, and what does the Spirit do? He, you know, transforms our hearts and... Um, all those things are are things I think I'm picking up on what you're talking about. It helps retrain our mind and and you know focus our heart on on what is what is biblical and true and good and and those are those are things that I think are are really really vital to understand because that's how that's how right we're going to have new habits and new ways of thinking, better ways of thinking than we had before, where we came to somebody and shared with them, and they helped us to to see those areas where we're not thinking right and we're not thinking what is noble and true and good. And so, like you said earlier, asking questions and diving in and using mm-hmm. a variety of approaches and understanding the whole person, I think that's, the oh, yeah. I've heard, but that's kind of what I've heard you say. So no, def- definitely. You want to, you want to be counseling the person in front of you. Yeah. And then applying God's word to that person's heart and keep in mind again, the main thing that's going on with the panic attack sufferer is anxious thinking. In uh, Psalm 42:5, and again in verse 11, it says, it says, the psalmist says, Why are you in turmoil within me? Mm-hmm. You know, it says, um, and then the psalmist then answers his own question, it's hope in God. So why are you downcast on my soul? And I like to re- like when I work with someone, I like to just tweak that a little bit like why are you anxious on my soul 
why are you in turmoil within me, hope in God? So it gives both the, the question and the answer. It's not exactly in um, in uh, Ephesians 4, in the second half of that um, of that epistle by Paul. It speaks of, it gives the put, up, put off, put on principle. But one of them, it goes to you know, a different scripture, but put off fear, put on love. And what do I mean? It's like, even when... Like, like say, say somebody, you know, I brought up the example again, go grocery shopping. When you go grocery shopping, think of like, why am I going to grocery shopping? Have a compelling reason, you know, like that's in line with loving others. Like, okay, why am I, why am I picking up these items at the store? To love my family, you know, to bring home food in order to make it, to, you know, express love for my family. So what's my compelling reason to go to the grocery store in spite of my fear? And that is to love, you know, to love my family. So put off fear, put on love. Does that mean like it's going to make it all go away? No. But again, as we take those micro actions, and I, I don't usually like, like go, go forth and like do all, you know, like your first time out, it's going to be all your Thanksgiving shopping or your all your Christmas <laughs> shopping. No, no, no. That'd be like way too much. Just go in there and just pick up three, four items, you know, go, go to a, um, a checkout that only has like one person in line. And so then that way it, it's um, part of the, like you mentioned, retraining of the mind, but also uh, with the autonomic, autonomic nervous system, what's also going on there is the neuroplasticity of the brain. So just as we've allowed these patterns of thinking and avoidance to take place, we can change those patterns from anxious thinking to thinking that and trust ourselves to God, while instead of having patterns of avoidance, instead Point, um, patterns of if you want to call it courage, but it's it's going ahead and daring to do what is right. Again, people hear me not like jumping in, like doing a cannonball into your fear, but but little little micro actions, and over time you'll you'll see it'll the the panic attack won't have it, its same hold on you. Or like me, sometimes you might have a setback, but then you know what to do to get you know back on back on track. Yeah, I think that's really good. What what can the what can the local church, you know, do to help anxiety sufferers? Um, even those who experience panic attacks. Is is there things that the local church can do to come alongside somebody that well I I think it would be great if sometimes um, a pastor or other people in leadership so it could be a Bible study, it could be a small group. It doesn't have to be a pastor. If, if they actually open up the conversation and if he himself has had a panic attack to share that. So then it opens conversations that people might have with friends at church, maybe with the pastor, maybe with their small group, maybe with their Bible study. Hmm. Maybe it'll embolden them to share it with somebody because then they could start sharing. And then as they start sharing and then as the others are sharing God's word with them and God's comfort with them. So they know that they're not alone. Those, those would be really helpful. And then I guess another thing that people could do instead of just dismissing it, like, oh, panic attack, everybody has panic attacks. Cause it's one of those phrases along with some other phrases um, they have become like kind of infiltrated. I suppose the culture people might say like, oh, I'm so OCD. And they don't really mean obsessive compulsive disorder. They just mean like they're orderly. Like, and so, oh yeah, I panic attacks too. They just mean they were nervous. So my point in saying that is if somebody actually, you know, comes to you and says like, yeah, I've had panic attacks. Listen, listen, spend time and, and listen to the person. Mm. And that's, that's a huge part of it. Listening and then being willing 
to be vulnerable, like with your own struggles, your own struggles with anxiety, even if you haven't had panic per se, yeah. that would go a long way to help. Yeah, that's really good. Well, where can people go to find out uh, more about you on social media or otherwise, Lucy? Yeah, well, it's easy to find me. So it's my first, middle, last name, Lucy Ann Mall. And I have a website, LucyAnnMall.com. I'm also on staff with Biblical Counseling Center, and that's Biblical Counseling center.org so you can reach me either either of those places and yeah i'm on instagram and linkedin and um, facebook so you can go to any of those places and you know just type in my name i'm really easy to find No problem finding you. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, uh, you know, there's a lot that we could really dive into. And as I always say, at the end of these, you know, we've only scratched the surface and it's really true. So just as we wrap up, can you give us a few takeaways, Lucy? You're not alone. You know, you're not the only person who's, if you're a panic attack sufferer, maybe it's a loved one who has, who gets panic attacks. You're not alone. And there, God is with you, but there's also there's also steps that one can take. And that can also include medication. We didn't touch on that, but for some people, they might already be on medication or they might be thinking about it, or maybe a family member wants them to be on medication. Maybe they're resistant to it. But anyway, maybe a doctor has prescribed it. I just want to make sure, like, like for me as a biblical counselor, I'm neither pro-medication nor anti-medication. For some people, does provide help. You know, I consider it to be a Christian liberty issue. And so that's something for that person, their family, and their doctor to decide. So if, if that's where you're at, you know, that's that's okay. Most of the people who come to me, at least have probably three quarters of the people who come to me for help with panic attacks, they're already on medication or they've been on medication. And and so I don't, so there's no, there's no shame in that if that's where you find yourself. And that that's okay. So that's that's another one. And just just know that you know God that at the heart of panic attacks is anxious thinking. Mm. So as you entrust yourself to God, and as you take these macro actions, there really is victory over panic attacks. Mm. That's really good. Thank you, well, guys. We've been talking today with uh, Lucy about her book, Help I Get Panic Attacks. This is an excellent uh, mini book, and it's an excellent series. Uh, I encourage you to check it out. The more I read in the in this series, the more I'm like, wow, this is really good. Uh, I want people to to know about these mini books. So thank you so much, Lucy, for your time and all yeah. that you do. God bless you. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.